You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 112 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's episode, we catch up with the OTTB mayor guy, Kyle Rofus, about his aftercare program, Mareworthy Charities, and the Mareworthy Stakes. We have a virtual Making the Makeover party with three out of four riders, Claire, Adriana, and Julia. And last but not least, we'll introduce our adoptable horse of the week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley in Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Kristen, I think it's only fair that we start this episode expressing our sincerest thoughts and sadness and loss of Horse Radio Network and Equine Network's own. Uh, we, if those who don't know, we lost Philip Parks. He was the co-host of the Dressage Radio Show. He unfortunately passed away recently um, due to an unexpected brain tumor and stroke. And our thoughts are with his family, with his friends, his horses, and everyone who adored him. He has made such a mark in the horse world on for everyone who's a part of horse radio network philip especially i feel like inspired a lot of things for retired racehorse radio uh, when i first got astrid it was digging through a lot philip was great with young horses that was always his passion and so a lot of his interviews and tips and tricks were things i pulled away and actually kind of got me thinking about brainstorming the show so um, there is a wonderful tribute episode on Dressage Radio Show for him. Uh, you can listen to it. It's with Glenn and Reese. So highly recommend um, when you have a moment to to listen in. If you don't know Phil, you'll learn a lot about him. And if you do and you've listened to Dressage Radio or had a chance to work with him in any way, um, while it is hard to listen to, it is also very cathartic. So I just wanted to to start there, um, but I know Kristen. We both had horse show weekends, and I feel like we we would have done what Phil wanted us to do, which was do the best things for our horses and and show up for them. And I feel like you definitely did that. I know your husband Eric had a great weekend too. Yeah, and I know like you know you could argue like oh ranch riding is not at all the same as dressage, but dressage is the foundation, of course, of all training. And you know I never had a ton of like one-on-one interaction with Philip, but I know, you know, we recorded the holiday episode last year and we just had so much fun with it. Um, you know, so I was like, well, I, you know, when we got the news, we were at the show and I was like, well, I'm just going to think of, think of him as I ride today and, and kind of just try to honor his memory and, you know, the, the stuff we did get to do together. And, um, yeah, we, we did have a nice show and there were, were some moments where maybe I could have used a professional like Philip in my <laughs> ear when, uh, <laughs> we were going from 8am until about 1030 at night. And 
Jobber's last performance at 1030 at night, he was very much ready for bid and told everyone in no uncertain terms and got us disqualified by a rearing in the middle of the arena. But oh, Jobber. Uh, yeah, he was like, <laughs> I am done. So <laughs> we we called it a day after that, uh, but we were going to call it a day anyway. So yeah, poor Jobber. He, he had had enough at that point. But fortunately, I uh, came back the next morning ready to face the day and, and we had a much better outing. So so yeah, Eric, uh, Eric and I tied for the thoroughbred cow horse buckle. Um, and I, I counted the points and I was like, I don't know, you may have beaten me by a point. I wasn't going to go like argue with the show office and tell them their math was wrong. But anyway, <laughs> Eric is wearing that buckle. Um, and then Jabber and I just confirmed yesterday that uh, he and I won the ranch thoroughbred buckle. So we each Amazing. got a buckle this year. So yeah, it was fun. Amazing. Nice that- way to close out the year. <laughs> I was going to ask if that was your last show for the year. Yes. Yeah. They're doing one more at the end of the month, um, which actually sounds like a lot of fun. It's all trail and like trail classes with cattle. So you get to like put the cattle through obstacles, which is super cool and like very much what Eric and I do on a daily basis. Um, But we are so tired at this point (laughs) and the makeover is looming. So we have called that good for our season and we're going to, you know, um, ease into like a little less riding this time of year mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, enjoy the rest of our autumn. But we are hoping to hit some of those shows next year with the the cattle trail because that sounds really Lovely. fun. That's awesome. And congratulations to you both. Thank you. And to you too. You had a fabulous weekend. I know. I, I hit my big goal for the year, which was an offsite. And I didn't think we were going to make it as the last show of our dressage series that we got to make it to. But Astrid has just been performing so well there were summer like leaps and bounds and gaining confidence and i felt like she was ready although i think i had nightmares every single day for the week leading up to it like what if this is the wrong decision um for anyone who wants to you can listen to i believe it was our limited horse episode where Kristen and i talked about we're super afraid of doing the wrong thing for horses right um (laughs) yeah i'm one of those that's my my petrifying fear Um, But she felt ready and she definitely proved to me that she was. She had so much confidence getting there. She was probably one of the best behaved horses the entire weekend. Um, Nice. That's a feather in your cap for sure. Yeah. That's something to be proud of. She got off the trailer. We didn't even really snort. We just took it all in. And she's like, oh, what is this place? Oh, this is my stall. Oh, okay. This seems nice. And like, she actually didn't get upset when the other horses who came like, went off to do cross country and she's just like, okay, goodbye. I'm going to stay on top oh of my God, this that's hill. Huge. Oh, that's what Jobber's problem was, was that Shorty wasn't in the ring with him. So yeah, you're she, way ahead She of didn't even care. The only time she threw a little bit of a fit, like a little bit of screaming is if horses got to leave the barn and she was still in the stall and she's like, I get to be out with the people. I want to be where the people are. But if she was out, she did not care who was screaming. She didn't reply. She was just like, I get to be with everybody. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So... She she did really well. We had one baby meltdown where she thought about bolting with me. I could feel it. Um, and she saw a cross country horse like galloping where it shouldn't have been. Oh, in ooh, far distance. <laughs> and she's like, "That's strange." Um, but she she didn't. I ended up getting down, and we just did our our groundwork exercises and recentered the brain. And there was one rider. It's a schooling series, which is super friendly. Um, she offered a take my ride time so i had a little extra time which was a oh, good decision that's really and nice she she got her brain back and she trotted right into the ring and we got first place sweet 
Congratulations. I'm so excited for you. That's awesome. Me too. I mean, I didn't go, my only expectation is I just wanted her to eat grass and take it in. Um, but she was like, I can do more than that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just hold my beer. I got this. Yeah. So super excited for next year. It's definitely inspired me to get out more. Uh, my coach said we are doing more offsites yeah. because we scored actually decently. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, right? Like that's the hard part is that they don't get better just staying home. Like you've got to get out there. So you're, you're doing the right thing. And I think, you know, you've done your homework at home, like Mm -hmm. when you're supposed to. So like, you're ready. This is the next step. Yeah. She got a a mid sixties in her dressage score. So not disappointed. Um, Definitely. Like you said, kind of had that Phil's voice in my ear the whole time. Like, okay, she's a young horse. Let's just take it easy. Let's think through our foundations and all the great tips from Leandra and Vinny. Like, oh my gosh, when you're in the moment, it all pays off. So if anyone appreciates them, like I do, let us know so we can share that with them. We would love to share that with them. (laughs) But yeah, great weekends for both of us. And we will be doing the same, just kind of settling into autumn, slowing down, starting to make the list of what I want to work on this summer, but for summer, this autumn, we can tell I'm still in summer brain over autumn and winter and just make it easy. Take it slow until next year when it all gets busy again. Let's enjoy that hibernation while we can get it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But other things we can enjoy are knowing that our horses are happy and healthy and who keeps them happy and healthy? Kentucky Performance Products. And you're going to hear a small message from them now. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, I'm super excited to invite our first guest on. We have Kyle Rolfes with us today, who is not just someone who's doing amazing things in the thoroughbred world, but also a very good friend of mine and also where I got my horse. So I owe him a lot. The show wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Kyle. Welcome back to the show, Kyle. Thanks, Troy. I'm so glad to be here. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I 
feel like we have a thousand things we could be talking about, but today we're going to be talking about Mareworthy Charities. I know that's been a dream of yours and it's up and on the ground and you're making a ton of difference. But for those who don't know, I'd love for you to go ahead and let us know what is Mareworthy Charities. Yeah, so Mareworthy Charities is a dream I had of giving a safety net to thoroughbred mares, uh, specifically those retiring thoroughbred brood mares, and also those mares who are a little harder to market. They might be warhorse mares who have run a lot more. Maybe they're a little smaller, a little bit chestnut, um, or a little <laughs> bit injured. But just really making sure that we we keep a focus on those mares who are harder to place, uh, and often that tends to be the older brood mares and those warhorse mares. And why did you feel like this was a need in aftercare? Yeah, so after being involved in the thoroughbred makeover several years and having my own thoroughbred mare, I started to see that as I went to rehome mares myself, that it was a different way to market with those horses. And I started to talk to other industry professionals who just seemed to feel like there was a gap for those spots, for those brood mares specifically. And it really got started when I got my first mare from Puerto Rico. Ended up getting three mares through Caribbean Thoroughbred Aftercare from Puerto Rico. Uh, Worthy of Wings was actually my second mare that I got. And the organization itself, Mare Worthy, actually was inspired by her name. Uh, She was my 2019 Thoroughbred Makeover partner. And she ran 138 times, which is a very large number for Mm -hmm. Thoroughbred Racing. So I felt like she had a different story than a lot of other horses. And talking to other industry professionals and aftercare organizations realized there was a gap in service for those horses who had that longer campaign, but also specifically those broodmares who had left racing, gone on to another career, gone on to another career of breeding, and then come back. There was that opportunity for them needing some coverage. I love that. And I think it's true. We can say it's a little bit harder to rehome mares. I think they sit a little bit longer statistically than a gelding uh, just due to those stereotypes about mares. But we, we know the difference for sure. We know that they have a lot of heart and they, they love a job and you have grown since you opened mare worthy charities. I believe you were able to get your nonprofit started this year. How many horses have you already been able to help? So this year, currently standing at the farm, we now have nine horses here that are with the charity. Uh, so that's definitely grown pretty quickly. Uh, we have already directly rehomed. So kind of count before 501c3, we had rehomed a few. But if we officially adopted out this past year since March, we've adopted out three under adoption contracts. And we have directly placed three. And we've actually uh, had four go directly back to their racing connections. Amazing. That's a huge, huge start. Honestly, for anyone who wants to learn more about how to get involved in aftercare, I feel like, Kyle, you're probably a good person to reach out to of how to jumpstart a program like this. What are some of the initiatives that you take here at Mareworthy? We're really focused on initially when I started Mareworthy, when we moved to Kentucky last June to actually make space to have Mareworthy grow. We thought it was just going to be a sanctuary. That was our plan was to make it a sanctuary for thoroughbred broodmares and those warhorse mares. And that was how everything was set up. Once we got here and started realizing that we could actually adopt out. So Grisham is a 24-year-old mare that we pulled from a mm-hmm. kill pen last November. Uh, she actually 
got adopted uh, almost two months ago now. And we realized that there's an opportunity to adopt out as well. So we went beyond just the stance of sanctuary and expanded out to also do placement. So we're actually rehoming and adopting mares. Additionally, our big piece is to really focus on community engagement and education. I feel like a lot of the uh, stigma that happens around mares and the mares who end up in difficult situations or dangerous, risky situations, if you will, it's just a, a lack of education and, and understanding. So if we can engage the general community, the racing community, the breeding community, and the general public, we really want to educate and inspire them to, to take action for change. And a lot of that comes from building out a strong infrastructure. So we've been working on building some databases and tracking tools as well as connecting with a lot of networks. Actually, this week, um, Sean and I both have been at the uh, ASPCA Right Horse Summit, connecting with other aftercare or adoption organizations across the country from all different kinds of breeds, because we recognize that those partnerships and collaboration is actually the biggest impact we can make. I and that's great. That. That's exactly what that program is for, you know, is right. for helping mm-hmm. those organizations work together and say like, you know, maybe if a rescue up in Massachusetts ends up with a horse that right. you could help, you know, you guys can transfer and stuff like that. So I think that's really smart that you have like a, I don't want to say a narrow because that, that sounds like a bad word, but like a, a pretty honed in mission. Because right. I think mission creep is such a that's such a problem for nonprofits, you know, and it's kind of the same thing with RRP. Like people always want us to be doing more and broaden our right. programming, and it it's so easy to get yourself into trouble. But I think keeping that relatively focused mission on specifically thoroughbred mares, and in particular the brood mares, I think is like you, clearly you found that there is a need there, and I think that's right. going to really help you like hone in on that focus and you know, and, and really do some good. So, I mean, you've already done a lot of good. So this is awesome. And it does help with donors too, to know where their money's going. It helps exactly. grow your audience when you have that niche focus. Um, and one thing, actually, we saw Jenna Antonucci speak last week at the Kentucky Horse Park. And one of the things she commented with is she goes, we can do, we ha- we're, we're tasked with doing the best we can for the horses in our care. Sometimes we get distracted, right? And this is me adding on to her. We get distracted by the horses that are outside of our scope and that that mission creep like you call it Kristen is a really a real thing I, and happened for me like I we've still we were still kind of narrowing down our intake process and I took a mare from uh, Kilpen in Louisiana it was a really different situation she wasn't a brood mare and you know and, and I'm so happy I did I learned a lot but we've now narrowed our focus to really say we need to be so that we can be sustainable and last the long game we're focusing on retiring broodmares that are within a few hundred miles of Lexington, Kentucky. So that for now, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we won't network for those other horses. So now there are partners already helping those other ones. So we have like after the races in West Virginia and Western Maryland, they're helping. There's a second stride has programs in Indiana. You got friends of Ferdinand. There are other programs that we can network and um, transfer, but we don't necessarily have to help every single horse personally in our, in our facility. Oh, yes, this is like this is exact. This is like the dream, right? For, <laughs> yes. for nonprofit organizations to like know their, you know, your own limits and not, you know, because right. that's you're that's not expected sure to save the world, like right? Yeah, I mean that is the route to burnout, and it's right. also a route to donor fatigue and everything else that comes with a nonprofit that people don't want to think about, right? Like, right. like running a nonprofit mm-hmm. is really running a business, whether you right. want it to be that way or not. So yeah, you've got 
such a good vision for where you're going and what you need to be doing. So yeah, this is, I mean, this is perfect. This is what you really want to see with nonprofits is networking and keeping their mission specific. So hats off to you. Kristen, you make a great point too about when I I come from more of a, obviously completely from a for-profit background and we looked at making Mayorworthy a for-profit organization. And I said, no, it needs to be a not-for-profit organization that's run like a for-profit organization. Mm -hmm. I need to be thinking about the fact of finances need to be important but also I have always run of the philosophy of I fail faster and I need to be willing to, that means I can try something. If it doesn't work, I need to acknowledge it isn't working and move on. And I need to ask for help. So I'm more willing to ask for help when I'm willing to say, Oh, I screwed up help. Right. <laughs> Rather than mm-hmm. assuming I'm going to keep going and I'm, I'm going to be stuck to my plan. I have to be willing to adjust and adapt. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, comes into play too, you know, when you mentioned that originally you were just going to do sanctuary, like you're going right. to hit your capacity so fast with sanctuary, right. unfortunately, because there's just not enough room to put all the horses that need it. So right. yeah, I think between the networking and the, you know, adopting out, I think you've set yourself up to make a yeah. bigger impact with less education. Yeah. Yeah. The education yeah. tools I think are going to be huge too, of how right. do you help educate breeders and trainers and those who are bringing the horses off the track and hoping yeah. to find that next career, but also just adopters. The fact right. that Grisham found a home, at, like which melted my heart to see online, <laughs> like she's got to have a great opportunity to have a career to help with right. weaning foals and kind of bringing them along and being that steady uh, pasture mate for them. And that's a career too. And right. it gives her value. Um, so and we I miss think- her here because she was such a calming mm-hmm. energy, but that's great. You know, it was it's she good found for, the great her. Place for her. It was good for her. And that's, you know, I just cry myself in my pillow at night. No, but it's, it was really yeah. good for her. <laughs> and it showed me that there are other opportunities. And you mentioned the education piece, uh, Joy. One of the things we're launching probably end of October, um, but we'll kind of talk to your, your listeners first about is we're launching Mare Scouts, which will be Cute. kind of like Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts, but for <laughs> horse people and non-horse people to get involved because people like my mom are not a horse. They're they're not horse people, but they want to support and help. So we're going to be having a cookie drive, a horse cookie drive in November, also selling the Mareworthy calendars. So we're going to start to employ this idea that Mare Scouts are our educational arm, that are people of all ages, all backgrounds, who just care about supporting these, these horses. And then they can earn badges and we can have fun with recurring donorship uh, and events for those mare scouts and really have fun with making education fun and interactive with whether it be here at the farm or virtual, but really making sure that we're engaging everyone, not just people who have horses or might be adopters, but Mm -hmm. everyone along the way, a donor, just a person at the grocery store who's like, I didn't even know that that's how that works. I love that. First off, so cute. But the most important thing out of it is it does make education more fun and it does create more opportunities. If you don't have the space to bring a horse in or don't have the funds to to donate big, it's a way you can get involved and feel important. And I think even with this show, people, when I tell them we have this podcast, they might not be horse people, but they're like, I don't want to listen. I don't know much about racehorses besides what I see in the news. And I'm like, well, don't believe all that. There's a lot more to it. (laughs) Yeah. And and they learn from the show, even if they're not involved. And they're like, wow, that's really amazing what you guys are doing. But that's why we highlight everything that you do, everything New Vocation does, Friends of Ferdinand, like 
Right. It's a big network out there doing a lot of good things. But speaking of the calendars, right. that's your Mareworthy Stakes program. Tell us about that because that's going to be going on um, for our, all our listeners. We're recording this a little bit early. You're getting it on the 25th of September. So you'll have some time to participate still. But Kyle, tell us about Mareworthy Stakes. So the Mareworthy Stakes was something that, again, when you change kind of your focus, originally was going to be a lot bigger event this year. And we scaled it back to say, let's just get a toe in the water. Um, I tend to think big and then have to edit. But it is at its core, it is a photo contest to be featured in the Mareworthy calendar next year. But what it really is, is it's a fundraiser for Mareworthy. So we're using a photo contest where people can submit photos of their, their thoroughbred mares, and then they can accumulate votes for those photos for free. Their friends can vote, friends and family can vote as many times as they want, well, once a day until September 30th. So voting will end on September 30th. Additionally, there's fundraising pages that each participant can set up, and there are points gifted to those participants for funds that are raised and for donors that they uh, get engaged on our website. So for us, it's great because we're, we're building a donor base right now, but it's also a really fun way to do that. The top 20 voted or top 20 horses with the most points will actually go in front of a judging panel the first week of October. And they include some judges like Rosina Pravnik. Uh, we have uh, like Kristen Werner from the Jockey Club, a good, really good group of women within racing. Um, and actually, you know, Susan Palmer as well as our amateur uh, person who will be uh, representing the amateurs on the voting panel, but they amateur photographers, they'll actually review the photos and pick their top 12. We'll compare those points to the top 20 voting points. And then the overall winner will be the cover photo for our calendar next year with every the other top 12 members being a month in the calendar. Additionally, we got some great prizes from sponsors uh, from KBC here in Kentucky and uh, and several other sponsors, including like Equiderma, even gave us uh, some great products. Who Farmer, uh, Equine Medical Surgical gave us some happy mares. So we got a lot of really great products that we're giving away. And the top prize is getting a turn for the Amazon gift card as well. I love it. And yes, I signed Astrid up. So you, you did. can vote for us if you guys want to. No yeah. pressure. <laughs> look for look for the beautiful chestnut uh, mare that with, with joy. And I was so glad to see you involved in that. So yeah, fast and firm is who you're looking for. I'm not allowed. <laughs> are, I have to be very impartial, but I do love, I do love me some Astrid. Everyone does. She's such a ham, but there are so many other good photos too. The votes can go around. I'm happy to share because it, it just brings more awareness to your program and to these horses. Um, and it, I appreciate that you put this on. As far as so people can also purchase the calendar in October, I also have a fun shirt from you. So there's multiple ways to support Mareworthy if you are passionate about thoroughbred mares or just thoroughbred aftercare as a whole. There are. We, our website, mareworthy.com, has a shop on there. So there's some Mareworthy logo shirts. And then also, um, we just had Jitterbug, the uh, horse, so uh, did a, she, her human, Natalie Voss, actually uh, got a shirt that says, my mare loves me, but actually in the fine print, it says, my mare loves to pin her ears at me. Uh, so that one. <laughs> we have fun little shirts like that that are really, really fun and some some hats and things. We'll be expanding that store as we go. So that's available on mareworthy.com as well as recurring donations are always available uh, and even one-time donations, right? We are, we are funded fully by donations and we want to make sure that that's obviously there, but the shop is a way for us to generate some of those funds as well. I love it. Well, it's a great website, Kyle. 
that I was just clicking around it. I like as far as like horse rescue websites go, like this is so straightforward and easy to read. I like the labels on the mares, you know, so you know exactly like who's available for adoption and where they came from and if they're RRP eligible. So well done. Very nice. I just like shamelessly compliment Kyle that he's a phenomenal web designer in general. Like the amount of websites that I've seen him put together, and I need to hire him to do my own website. (laughs) Thank you. It's very, very Frankenstein with plugins. So there's a lot of like iframing code in the background, which I know you both could appreciate. But um, that that uh, database you're looking at, Kristen, will get expanded to include descriptions and things. But that's really just from Airtable. So we're, and we will be expanding that as well to include partner listings. So we were talking with after the races today, they have some mares that are definitely fit our criteria. So we're going to start including oh, other nice. uh, thoroughbred mares. We already know that the Retired Racehorse Project has an awesome classified listings for thoroughbreds, but we're going to just kind of cover some of those other mares to kind of call them out specifically and uh, have some of those partner ones there. So we figure the more places they can be promoted, the better, but we're going to open that up to partners as well to have them as a a kickoff point on our page too. Yeah. You can tell we're like turning into nonprofit nerds, you know, that I'm like, Whoa, what a beautiful website. But like, you know, that's that's important. (laughs) Well, I mean, like even just the the roadmap to adopting, like I really love the image of how the process works and makes it very clear. Well, and this, again, this is where, like, I think, like, Kyle as a resource for nonprofits is going to be just a valuable person, because I think, unfortunately, you see a lot of similar nonprofits that are started with the best of intentions, but they're not approached from that business mindset. And unfortunately, those are the ones that fail, because Mm. you have to be, you know, coming at it like this, like, you've got to be a marketer, you've got to be a businessman, you've got to be also have love of the horses, which you clearly have. And then you also have to be a farm manager. That's one thing I always right. like love following your personal page is your adventures on the farm itself, because you're managing yeah. a fair amount of horses on not a ton of acreage. Right. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Which is like also goals for myself. I low key am planning to tell Zach if he breaks up with me, I'm just moving to your farm to work there. We'd love just to so have you. you. <laughs> <laughs> the mareworthy work study program. Yes. We have an apartment in the barn. We're going to turn it into a. Uh, it's my backup plan if he leaves me, which <laughs> might happen if I get another horse. <laughs> well, Just say it's welcome. for him. Say it's for him, and it'll be fine. <laughs> you're probably not wrong, Kristen. You're probably not wrong. He's taking lessons. Oh, don't remind me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us and telling us about Mareworthy. Where can people learn more about it? So the best place is to hit up our website at mareworthy.com. And then we have a, a growing audience on Facebook. So you can search for Mareworthy on Facebook. And we have our page there, which is always up to date with, with content. Highly recommend following the Facebook one, guys, because Sean is hilarious. The content <laughs> that you, I get to see. <laughs> he comes up with great ideas, too. So we actually we're going to be doing a sticker of the month when I, I do handwritten thank you cards for every donor try to get to them every month. It's a little late sometimes, but we're going to, so that we don't have anyone getting the same sticker. We're going to do a different sticker every month in the thank you cards. That's the coming plan. That was his idea. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you for all you do. We can't wait to see how you continue to grow and help influence other aftercare programs. And if anyone's interested in adopting a horse for Mareworthy, go ahead, check out their website, follow the cool imagery and how to do that process. And we can't wait to hear about it because you're going to tag us in the photo of your adopted horse. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you again, Kyle. And we can't wait to see you soon. Thanks. Bye.
Well, I'm here with Tony from Cashel. You all know it from the ads you hear all the time on this show. But I, we're at the trade show, and this is the p- point of time in the year where we find out what's new coming out. So what's Cashel have new coming out? Oh, we've got a, a great lineup of uh, 32, 34 wool top pads. So t- describe them. Uh, five different colors, real vibrant, bright, sharp-looking pads. What, are the, what makes them different? Uh, well, it's the fill. The, the, the wool felt on the inside is a natural felt, and the fleece on the bottom is a 100% merino. Oh, really? Okay. So these are soft and squishy pads. Well, not real squishy, but soft, and, and they do absorb shock and, and saddle fit. What do they retail for? What are those? That's you about know? 119 That's the right price. Yeah. Anything else new with Cashel coming out? Oh, we've got uh, more saddle pads coming in the fall, a uh, new strap line coming in the fall. It's uh, a two-tone that looks great with a, a great buckle set on it. There's, we're always in development, so there's so many things, projects in the works. What's still your most popular product? Is it still always the same things year after year? Uh, fly. You've got fly, yeah, fly that's protection what we all, is what's, always it. That's how I knew you in the first place was fly. Fly masks. Yep. Yeah, many years ago, uh, we were primarily fly masks and kind of had some tush cushions and a few odds and ends. Today, we've broadened that offering to saddlebags, uh, strap, head stalls, breast collars, bell boots, um, leg protection, and the, the, it continues to grow. Is there a place where somebody can go and see all the products? Uh, Cashelcompany.com will give you a good offering. There you go. Well, thank you, Tony. It's been fun seeing you again. Hey, thank you. Good to see you. Well, Joy, it feels like a mini makeover party in here because we have three out of our four making the makeover trainers with us tonight. So welcome back to Adriana, Claire, and Julia. Hey, Thanks guys. so much. Thank you. Hi. All right. So we are at what? T-minus, oh boy, three weeks? Uh, three weeks? Oh, gosh. I know. <laughs> I got to start packing. You all have to start packing. <laughs> Yeah, I need a plan. (laughs) Nobody's packing or planning. That's great. (laughs) So, all right. So hopefully like prep shows have been showed. uh, Packing lists are being listed. Let's start with Adriana. What is your last like two, three week prep look like? So uh, Hobo is actually doing his last horse trial this coming weekend before the makeover. Um, And we're going to the Virginia Horse Center to do the the starter trials there and that will just be his final prep for the makeover and um, hopefully we can just fine-tune a few things but in addition to that I have been doing a bunch of lessons with a couple different coaches of mine and I am specifically trying to hone in on some of the dressage stuff that I'm just specific things that I'm looking to improve in the dressage. So that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Nice. Sounds like you have a plan, which is helpful (laughs) and not winging it (laughs) vaguely. All right. Well, you know, it sounded good to me. So we're going to say a nice detailed plan and you're ready to go. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Julia, how's your team doing? Oh man. Um, It's been a rough couple of weeks. Uh Oh, Um, I think last time I talked to you guys, he had stepped on a clinch or something with his feet and he was not sound. And then we had a colic and he's fine from that. He just had a mild impaction, but that was a week of 
stress and not riding. And then last week he had just a little GI thing going on. Um, so we're winging it. We're team winging it. Um, he's got one jumper show before we leave. That's in two weeks doing a lot of hacking in between that. And then we're, we're, that's just it. That'll be it. <laughs> and the makeover right. sort of will be what it'll be. It's, um, you know, we always say it's, it's the first step. So right. we're not, we're not pressed to rush him through it. I think he's a super talented horse. So we're just sort of taking our time. We have, you know, we're doing the freestyle, so that'll be fun. And that'll be sort of low key for him. And then with the eventing, the dressage will be fine and the show jumping should be good. And we will probably not end up doing the cross country um, just because I haven't been able to get him between the soundness and the colic stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to get him to any events and there are no more locally mm-hmm. to yeah. me between now and the makeover. So, so yeah, that, so it'll be fine. Yeah. That I mean, sounds like a good plan though. Like, you know, just go for the experience and the miles and like he'll move forward from that for sure. Eventing was never like the end goal for this horse. He's very much sort of a hunter jumper, but the eventing, we just use it as a tool to get him to go forward. So I'm not really disappointed that we're not going to go and do the cross country. I think I'm going to try, you know, if I'll walk the course and if there's a couple jumps that look really inviting, you know, I'll skip the scarier ones. We'll jump the little ones. We'll do the water. We'll do the ditch. And then we'll show off his gallop because he's got a pretty good gallop now, um, as long as we're going home. And then, you know, so it, it'll just be fun. Yeah. Good. Good mindset. This is like that. That's like the banner makeover mindset. We want people to approach it yeah. with, right? Like it's a training tool. It's a step on your journey and yeah, you you're in the perfect brain space. So, and hopefully exactly. all your bad stuff's out of the way. Cause that was three. So yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I have this curse where every time I drill and tap a horse's shoes for studs, they tried to die. And I was like, well, we're going to, you know, I wanted to drill and tap his shoes for cross country because it, you know, notoriously rains for this show. And I didn't want it to be slipping and sliding out there. And I, my farrier comes tomorrow and I called him today and I said, you need to get these shoes off my horse's feet. I want him back in plain steel shoes. Get them off. Jeez. So I'm, <laughs> oh my goodness. Getting, getting out of this curse. He's like the third horse for me where this, this curse has followed. So I'm, mm-hmm. we're getting out of these. Curses. Yeah. We don't drill and tap <laughs> until training or above. Maybe, maybe training. Yeah. Just, same. Yeah. Just don't erase that from your repertoire of, of, <laughs> of curses. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. The curse is broken. Claire's done it for you. Just Perfect. Now. <laughs> Claire, how about you? How's the final couple of weeks going? Um, well, Julie and I are sort of um, have commiserated a little bit. Um, the worst news out of the way uh, quickly is Friday. We had to put Carnegie Hall down. He came in. He had a catastrophic injury in the paddock. And um, so that was we were getting ready to load up to go to the Real Rider Cup and the Fairhill Thoroughbred Show as our final prep. So we had to say goodbye to that uh, that sweet boy and um and then really actually just jump into a horse show for the entire weekend with uh, with our clients. And coupled with that, not nearly as serious is uh, actually really not nearly as serious is um, one week ago, <laughs> I fell off the ramp to the manure spreader oh, and I no. sprained my MCL. <laughs> oh, um, no. So I am completely incapable of riding right now. Um, I think oh. I'll be better by next week. I tried to ride to get ready for the Real Rider Cup and I did get on. On, on buff dude and it looked like i could ride because i could canter around because if you canter on dude you can sit and not move anything and that was fine until 
I tried to actually function or God forbid, like stand up in my stirrups. So, um, so our, our, that was our final prep really, um, for the makeover. Uh, but we did not end up taking uh, snapper or cash. Uh, we just took the client horses and the real rider cup horses, which is a, such a wonderful expo competition. It's just so fun. If nobody has gone to either the one in Fairhill or Kentucky, you definitely should go. It's so much fun. And um, we literally rolled in, kind of reminded me of our first makeover, but that was for different circumstances. We rolled in um, as the course walk was going on uh, because the morning ended up taking so long. And I gave uh, Tom the ride on Dude, uh, which was actually really fun. And um, and we got our uh, client Aaron's horse off the trailer, threw his saddle on and said, go get in the ring because we were first um, oh, no. yeah oh. and of course if we weren't ready they would have they would have let us um, everybody at the real rider cup knew what was going on um, from early in the morning but we kind of rallied and had a, a good time for the weekend um those the two three-year-olds you know won't have had that prep but we also did that because they're they've gotten to do so many things we've had a good uh run with them right so they've been off a of property a lot they're very good off the property um they've been to upperville they've been in the hunter ring they've been in the jumper ring um so we'll go to a couple of schoolings um there's a a little arena near us that has a really lovely little hunter course set up so we'll get set to go do that before we go just so they get into a different ring but they're really good with the atmosphere so that's kind of nice. We're not terrifically worried about that. And just get them, you know, the three-year-olds, we're just working on continuing to get them stronger. Um, you can only do so much in so much time, but they're fantastic. It's just, they get kind of tired, you know. <laughs> they're just babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's fine, you know, how, how long do you warm up? Not a lot. And, you know, don't overschool. And as long as their um, their brains are on straight, we don't really need, yeah, you know, you're too much prep they're pretty good they're pretty yeah. good to go yeah that's the hardest part of horse showing is figuring out the warm-up versus the showing strategy i think like oh. the showing part is easy but the warming up especially is especially like, with like uh-oh. newer horses because you're <laughs> yeah. like how much warm-up do you need like that what that killed me at the show and that's why my horse had a small meltdown because normally she hates a lot of warm-up because i always say she's the perfect dressage horse we have like 10 minutes of brilliance and then it gets it's really questionable after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, where do I want those 10 minutes? The warm up or the the test? And I guess she at shows she's probably gonna need like 30 to 40 minutes, like absorb what's happening and then warm up and then go in. So it's it's just like a learning experience yeah. of what and your it, horse needs. Yeah, it changes every year, I find too, until they're really experienced. My old uh, my old advanced horse was a really funny, funny horse. And the less warm up, the better, but he still needed physically to warm up. So I would get up at the, no matter what level I was going really, really early in the morning and go ride him, bring him back to the stall. He'd get braided, whatever he needed to do. And then I would literally trot from my stall, wherever that was to the dressage arena and go in. So he was, oh. he was like fresh out. So I would do that early warm up. And we have found that that works well with a lot of horses that raced more than others, especially the war horses. Oh, that they makes kind sense. Kind of think they're done. Um, so, yeah. or any hotter horse um, or one that tends to have that off switch, they will be ridden and then they'll go away and then they'll come out a few minutes before and you hop on. It's hard though. You got to test it. You don't always know. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, but it's, yeah, it, it no, is a it. strategy that has worked with a lot, a lot of horses. 
Let me tell you what really messes with a warm-up strategy is having a mule in the warm-up ring. Whew, that was a good time. <laughs> oh, God. So, <laughs> are we? Yeah. Claire, we just want to say we're really, really sorry to hear about cornbread. Yeah. That's that's a really, that's a shame to hear. And, I'm, you know, I know you guys, I'm sure, gave him a, a good send-off and, um, you know, we'll raise a glass to him as well. So, we're sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we will raise a toast to him at the makeover for sure at the barrels and brews. So, all right. So Adriana, what are your goals for the makeover? What do you want to get out of it with Hobo? Oh my goodness. I, wow. Okay. Sorry, I feel like big question. I, I feel like it's such a, it's a, that's a, that's a real question because I have been struggling with that in my mind um, myself. So, so here is my conundrum. The last time I went to the makeover two years ago, I went in just with the mindset of let's have fun. We're going to have a fun week and this is going to be a good experience for this horse. And I'm just going to, you know, do my best and have fun because I didn't think that that horse was able. I I didn't think that she was going to be super competitive at the makeover. She, she was just a different sort of horse than I have with Hobo. Hobo, I think if I ride him properly has the potential to be very successful and no matter what he's doing. And so that almost causes me to put more pressure on myself because I just want to be able to do him justice. I just want to, I think that he's, I, I think the world of him, I think he's an amazing little horse. I think he can be really competitive on the flat and I just want to ride him properly. So that's really kind of where I'm at with that question is, I, I'm trying not to put too much pressure on myself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's a big question, but I also, I love that you like own that, you know, he is really talented and that you have big goals for him because I think like, you know, it goes two ways, right? Like we're always like the makeover is just the beginning. Don't worry too much. It's just a step on the process. But when you have a really talented one, you also really want to do right by that horse. So I think that is great. To have those, yeah, I, I goals just want to do them justice. I, mm-hmm. I, I do. So, yeah, cool. Well, you're set up for success for sure. So, best well, of luck. You. We can't wait to watch. Yeah. All right, Julia. How about you? What are your goals for the makeover? Get there. I guess is one of them. Yeah, get get there for sure. That's the first step. I, you know, he's not impressed by big atmospheres. I don't think he, you know, he, you know, walked around at Fair Hill like it was just his backyard. Um, so I'm not worried about getting there and him being overly impressed by the whole place, which is kind of nice. I've had a few that I've taken over the years that get off the trailer there and are kind of like incredibly impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my goal for those awesome. ones have always, yeah, right. And so my goals for those ones have always been really different. Like with him, he's going to walk off the trailer and he's going to be the same quiet, relaxed guy that he is. But I think just, you know, it's small goals. Like, I'm not going to win. Michelle and Summer are convinced we're winning the freestyle. So everybody in freestyle should watch out. But for the eventing, (laughs) I, um, yeah, exactly. For the eventing, my goals are really small. Like, I want our circles to be round. I want him to be forward and connected for the show jumping. So I'm doing the dressage phase and Summer's doing the show jumping phase. And then I was going to do the eventing phase or the cross country phase. So, you know, for like my goal for him with summer is just for them to get around for it to be educational Um, because she's so young too. So it's not, it's not just about the horse. It's also about her helping train the horse. 
Mm-hmm. So doing a team, it's it's a little bit different. And our, like I said, this is just a first step for this horse. And I think I think he's super talented. I wish that we. I keep saying this whole time. I've said to them, I wish we'd found him like two months earlier yeah. than what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's fine. He's. I mean, I think he's really cool. I know he's he's going to keep us both safe, which is really important to me. You know, for her being young and for me being my like professional amateur brain, you know, I just want him, I just want him to go and be the horse that he is here. And if he isn't, that's okay too. You know, I don't have huge aspirations. I'm not going to win. I'm going for it to just be another educational experience for him. Yeah. That's a great point though, too, that, you know, you're also trying to make sure your student has a positive experience as well. And I know that she's been there and done it before too, but yeah, that's, that's a lot on your plate for a week. So (laughs) she's a tough kid. She is. She's actually, she's one of our best volunteers at the Retired Resource Project, too. They always show up. Oh, I know. They're they're the best. They're they're really great. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Best of luck to the whole team and the whole family, then. We'll be excited to meet everyone. (laughs) All right. Claire, how about team three-year-old? What are your goals for the makeover? You know, our our goals with the horses, I think, always are um, to just show what they've learned to the best of our abilities. So I, I like to, we just like to be respectable when we show up. Um, (laughs) and most of the time that that's happened, you know, um, one of the things, um, I always like to make sure we have a good flat pattern because I think that's really important and, and, uh, we get skipped over sometimes. So, because we're doing, uh, jumpers and hunters. And then honestly, it's really to, it's to have fun and to, without like, not like it's about us, but like to help other people have fun. You know, we sometimes are the, you know, you're in the ring and there's somebody there who's nervous and, and we're the ones that are going to try to either help or crack a joke or, you know, talk about our own struggles or anything to, to kind of help the atmosphere stay fun and not tense. You know, even, uh, you know, last year we had the, the Yoda horse and that was very fun to make the finale, but he was an intense horse um, in a good way. He's, awesome. The horses we have now are, they're three and their whole job is to not be intense about anything, you know, (laughs) I'd like them to never be intense, you know? So yeah, tone it down, tone it down. (laughs) Yeah. And they are mellow, you know? So, I mean, they can have moments. I'm sure I I haven't seen cash have a moment, but I'm waiting for that. But, um, you know, we, we want the horses to come away, not thinking that this was a big deal either. You know, meaning it's it's a big deal because it's fun, but it's not stressful and it's not, it's just another day and another show and they get dressed up and that just sets them up for their future into not thinking that every time they go someplace or even overnight someplace um, and same with the riders. Um, we have some students going that I'm really actually excited about, um, but that it's just, um, it's the same way you ride them at home. You know, and you go in and you do your job and you're dressed up a little bit better, but you work, you work the same way and, and keep that, um, that professionalism up and the angst down. <laughs> that sounds like, yeah, <laughs> a motto for <laughs> a professionalism up like and the angst, angst down. down. Yeah. <laughs> we need it and, on you know, a t-shirt. Like, <laughs> yeah. Along with like all the content. Yeah. Um, I think with losing <laughs> cornbread, you know, that always those circumstances with horses, you know, we've all run into them at various points in time, especially if you've been in this game for a while. And, um, you know, it always just puts into perspective how um, absolutely blessed we are to get to 
do this. And um, its only purpose is for fun. Hmm. I mean, it's our livelihood, but that's because it's fun, you know, and and, um, the horses, you know, perform these things for us and with us. And um, they absolutely owe us nothing. And so if they're around and, you know, sound and willing and capable and um, are interested in partnering with us, it's pretty cool. It is amazing. You know, when, like, if you, sometimes I try not to think about it too much because then I'm like, what am I doing riding this animal? But it's like, yeah. like horses are amazing. <laughs> and they are. So are, so are riding cows, just so we're clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, yeah. I've kept that content. off the uh, I've kept that off the podcast page. I didn't want to confuse people because oh, she's have a retired racehorse. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, bring because I, I was I was milking cow races. I was milking my cow today, and I thought of you. Oh, that's nice. I have not tried to milk her. I think I'd get kicked in the head. I rode a cow for anybody who's like, "What the heck are they talking about?" I rode one of my cows. It was amazing. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. Now I know real fast that three out of the four horses we're talking about here are. Available for sale in the ASPCA makeover marketplace. So we'll start with Adriana. Give us like the like quick Tinder version of <laughs> why somebody should look into purchasing Hobo for their very Oh gosh. Own. Oh gosh. Well, let me start off by saying that I don't really want to sell Hobo, but oh. for the right price, I will sell Hobo. <laughs> Maybe if it's the perfect home. <laughs> perfect. But I, 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 I have one coming down shopping, so be yeah. careful. This is mostly oh. an audition because Joy is bringing a student with her. So this is your oh. uh, this is your thirty second spiel. Okay, um, so my <laughs> my thirty second spiel is he is a winning event and dressage pony at the ripe age of four years old, and he's only going to get better from here. He is the type of horse that will fall asleep at the end gate. Or mm-hmm. at the start box of cross country, he'll stand there with a droopy lip with his eyes half closed. And then when it's time to go, he's like, okay, got it. He's just, he's a really cool horse with a calm, willing attitude. And uh, I really love him. And honestly, I don't All even right. want to sell him. <laughs> All right. I might have to schedule a test ride. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, I just want to see Joy's fairly tall. So I just want to see Joy ride. Oh, oh man, I started in the world of Arabs. That's going to feel just like home. It's going to be nice. fun. <laughs> All right, Claire, give us the quick like dating profile version of your horse's sale. Ads. All right. Well, um, Snapper, the one Tom will be riding, uh, his quick dating profile would be like, like a varsity basketball player, but he's just a <laughs> freshman. So he's just like kind of gangly. He doesn't know, but he's super talented and all the girls love him, but he doesn't really know why. And he doesn't really know what to do with that because um, he's <laughs> friends with everybody. Um, so our our goal with him is to make sure he never knows he's cool or good looking or tall or popular. Or Why'd you just describe my boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> so that's exactly what for Snapper. And so um, he's, I think he's a tremendous, you know, he's only three, still growing. Um, every time I see him, which is every day, I go, oh my gosh, like, where'd you turn into? Because we got him from the makeover last year. Um, and he was not, he was cute, but like, that was it. Um, so he is blossoming and it's really fun. He's very quiet. He's got a, he's, got great scope. He just gets a little tired sometimes. So he starts out with a lot of scope and then he overuses it a little bit and he might have some rails after that, but we'll see how it goes. And then uh, Cash is 15-1, exceptionally balanced, Um, unbelievable brain. I've ridden him everywhere. 
and at three years old, uh, I'm kind of a weenie. Like I'm pretty cautious about what we do with these horses. Um, despite me falling off the manure spreader, I try not to get hurt. And, um, but he's just wonderful. So he has a, he steps underneath himself really well. He's super well balanced. Um, my daughter, my 12 year old has ridden him bareback. Um, so I think he, and he's a, he's a cute mover and he's got a great hind end. So we call him baby dude. Um, we've had one other baby dude in all of the years that we've had, um, horses. And that one is off showing with a kid and winning just won his last novice event. So I think this one, um, could, really do any discipline but he'll he's brave he's careful he's safe and he's got he's got the step and he's got the jump in him so um and then also he's just like the sweetest would really he could be anybody's horse but he'd make a great kid's horse and i wouldn't say that all about a lot of three-year-olds yeah really for a three-year-old that's awesome i will say too i think for an 11 year old so he sounds that's close yeah he's great and i mean he's not tall but he's so wide you don't know it I feel like the like I, every time I get off, gonna... I hit the ground a little quick. <laughs> like, oh, that came up fast. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the Munnings are going to have their moment in sport. I think like yeah. Munnings as a sire is just now really getting popular. And yeah. I think we're going to find that they're excellent sport horses. So I'm this is my you, prediction. I, get on it now, people. Yeah, I'd take another one of these. This thing is absolutely fantastic. Clean changes, picks up his leads, jumps absolutely anything in front of him. And then hacks around and like rides. I do all sorts of stupid stuff with him. He's great. Perfect. So he's like idiot broke. No offense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Goats, <laughs> dogs, chickens, pigs. He does. He's gone past the chickens and the pigs and the goats. You have a poodle pointer running around. So and, well, the poodle pointer is a given. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then Julia, I know that Indian counselor is not for sale. And I know I've asked this before and I have the memory of a goldfish this time of year. What are the long-term plans for him? So long-term he is for sale. Oh, okay. Um, you know, we yeah. So, so we bought him with the goal of him being for sale at the end of the makeover. There's a local um, woman who judges. She's a, a rated hunter show judge, and she's wonderful. And she clinics, and she's one of my most favorite human beings. And she actually came and gave me a lesson on not on him on a different horse, but it was Summer's first ride on this horse. And Michelle had said, "Can we?" get a lesson too because we also love this trainer and judge and so i was like yeah it's fine she you know she loves the thoroughbreds she loves the young ones she's excellent so she saw him his very first ride and then three or four weeks ago we took him to a hunter show and she happened to be judging it and i was so excited because she could see you know where he was then and he was jumping so great and like finally kind of coming into himself and i had said to her i said you know we were we were planning to sell him this year but I think I need to sit on him for a little bit longer because I think he's super talented. And she said, you know, anyone who knows what they're looking at could watch him jump and see that he can jump around and that he, you know, naturally can jump. She said, but in another year, this is a real horse, you know, like like a real, real horse. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. That's what I was thinking too. So then I sort of, you know, Michelle and I had already been talking a little bit about sort of waiting a little bit on selling him. Um, so he will eventually be for sale. And of course, if the right person came around now, there, there is a price that we're all sort of sitting on that, you know, it would be his sale price now. But I think a year from now, it's a, a very different price because I think it would be a very different horse. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, I wish that I wish we'd had him a couple months sooner because um, he's, he's just so talented and he's just finally figuring it out. 
But yeah, so eventually, yes, he is for sale. He's technically for sale. If someone came up to him at the makeover and was like, this is the one I want, then there's there's a price. He is for sale. Love that. Cool. Okay. That's like, and that's like such a testament, you know, that sometimes these guys are a real investment, right? Like in mm-hmm. time and energy and everything else. So yeah, that yeah. is emotion that it's yeah (laughs) definitely emotions yes (laughs) (laughs) all right well ladies we are running out of time let me just run down the list real fast so that everybody remembers where to find you to follow your journey and we're going to go right back around in my non-alphabetical order and go back to adriana where can people follow along with you so I have an Instagram page it's tall tale equestrian on Instagram but also hobo has his own YouTube show on our youtube channel which is also tall tale equestrian i love that he has his own youtube show he's very accomplished (laughs) (laughs) yes he is (laughs) that's awesome julia where can people follow along on your rapidly shortening journey to the makeover yeah they uh can find me on my instagram at close-up show stables and then on my personal facebook page which is just under my name julia yeso Lovely. And Claire, where can we follow along with your adventures? So on Facebook, it's Pacific Farms Incorporated. And on Instagram, our handle is uh, Pacific Farms. You can uh, weigh in on our ever-going Poodle Pointer Wars. So Always going. Yeah, always, always fun on the stories. So <laughs> ladies, thank you very much. We will look forward to seeing you in just a couple of weeks in person, which is going to be awesome. So uh everybody keep it locked on retired racehorse radio for more updates from the makeover to come awesome thanks guys thank you thank you so much train with top hunter jumper and eventing professionals anytime anywhere with practical horsemen on demand your membership gives you access to hundreds of how-to training videos taught by top level hunter jumper equitation and eventing pros Exclusive interviews and lectures, slow motion demonstrations, insider access to private clinics and lessons, and step-by-step tutorials. New content is always being rolled out, so there are always new videos available on the topics important to you. Join now for just $24.99 a month and take your training to the next level with Practical Horsemen On Demand. Well, Joy, as you love to remind me, we are just a couple of weeks away from the makeover. So hopefully we have some listeners who are going to come out uh, and spend some time with us. And we Our have... girl Lee is. She already told me. Yeah, our girl Lee. That's her official name now. First name, <laughs> our girl, last name, Lee. Uh, <laughs> Lee, can't wait to see you. Uh, anybody else who can't wait to see us, um, we have decided officially we are going to do our listener meetup at the Barrels and Brews event. So that is Thursday, October 12th at 5 p.m. Barrels and Brews is going to be super fun. It's a new event for the Retired Resource Project this year. So there's going to be like a little beer garden and some food trucks. And then we're all going to hang out and watch barrel racing. So uh, super easy, like super fun to watch. Oh, this is mm-hmm. also going to be uh, in cooperation with Heelstown Happy Hour. So we're yes. like... Just super happy to meet us. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. So like a double podcast meetup, uh, listener hangout. So uh, we'll have a few more details on like specifically where to meet us because the covered arena is kind of a big building. But definitely mark your calendars for that one. Uh, that'll be super fun. Grab and you a can beer, also see Melissa Ride. So oh, yeah, definitely yeah. want to come check her out. You've been following her journey this whole time. 
Come cheer her on. Have a brew with us or a water, whatever you prefer. We support it all. And you get to meet Justine, hang out with us. And yes, Zach will be there. So you can ask him all about his ranching adventures and his first writing lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll uh, we'll FaceTime Eric in just for fun oh, or something. Yeah. That'd be cute. Yeah. So yeah, that is Thursday, October 12th, 5 p.m. Barrels and Brews. Be there, hang out with us, watch barrel racing, enjoy a beer or a water or whatever you want. It's going to be a great time. So we hope to see you there. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there, stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Riders nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. Well, it is that time that we introduce our new vocations, Adaptable Horse of the Week. And normally we would have a trading tip, but unfortunately, Winnie Morgan Nemeth, who is our standard bred uh, program director, could not meet us today because she's at the races scoping out some horses to bring in, building great relationships with different trainers and breeders. So we can't falter for it, but that doesn't mean we don't have a horse for you to check out today. And Kristen actually picked out our horse. So Kristen, who did we pick and why? Okay. I might butcher this name because we don't have Winnie here to tell me how to say it properly, but it is R. Gowitz Hanover. I think that's so German. <laughs> it's, it's very German and ending in Hanover too, which I know, you know, is a big standard bread breeder and that's why it's Hanover, but it mm-hmm. still makes me think like, oh, this guy's I'm ready like, to is just... it it's like probably <laughs> it, it might. Yes. There's a good chance it is, but on the plus side, you'll be ready to trick all your friends into thinking you have a fancy warm blood. Um, that's with so this horse true because <laughs> he's got his German name. Um, so <laughs> Uh, interestingly enough, he was the only standard bread available right now on New Vocations website, which means that y'all better get those applications in because these guys are going They go fast. fast. They go so fast. And I bet this but, guy is not going to last very long either because he is super cute. He's, he's got that little cute. wise old standard bread face that I love. Mm-hmm. Like they just, I mean, you saw Wes at, at my farm. Yeah, I was going to say, he like reminds a, me of Wes so <laughs> much. They just have that little like wise face where you're like this horse might be smarter than me and i like but it. it's like it's pretty still like it's not yes. the stereotypical yeah, yeah. St- yes like it's still refined he would still be pretty in a show but he's got a soft eye and he just looks settled into himself which i really like he's got a great body type and he could go english or western and he's a great size of 15 too and guys his barning is scary like stop <laughs> <laughs> actually yeah. so he yeah. and his breeder they have a great story um if you guys go to horseadoption.com and find this horse you can link to that article and, and read all about it what i love about this guy is that joy did you see how many times he raced uh i did 244 244 starts he won just shy of five hundred thousand dollars. that's half a million dollars so you know that no matter what you're going to do with this guy in a second career, he's going to be sound. He's going to be hardy. He's like ready to just be your partner for whatever. He's got a, yeah, he does. You pointed out his great body type. He looks like he could mm-hmm. easily go into the ranch classes or a super cute little hunter. I see this picture. It looks like Bridget's riding him English. He does look like a little hunter or dressage. Yeah, and he's he's got a nice he's, uphill build. 
I was just going to say he's built really uphill, which is nice. So he can round up, tuck his little butt in. Um, He'll be really stunning no matter the direction you take him. And it looks like he can be a bit forward, which for me, I like. So it says he can be forward under saddle. He has a job to do and he wants to get it done. So he walks, trots, paces, and canters under saddle. So already ahead of a lot of them who come in. And he's also an easy keeper. He's barefoot, y'all. That's nice. That's safe to cash. We know it. <laughs> he's round now. Like he is, he's mm-hmm. beautiful. I mean, he's all dappled up. Like this guy is like he, you could take him in the show ring tomorrow and win. Yes. So, and don't forget that if you hurry up in the last few days of September and get that application in that new vocations has their bays for days promotion. Uh, so his adoption fee was a thousand. He is now on sale for $500, which he's is free. Basically. basically free. Yeah. Basically free. So, so you guys hurry up. Get those applications in. This is the only standard bread at New Vocations right now. So y'all better hustle if you want one. Well, this was such a fun episode, Kristen. I I know it's kind of been an emotional one, but there's so many highs as well. I'm counting down to the makeover, which I know is a stress for us sometimes, <laughs> more for you than me. But it is exciting once we get there and see all the horses who are going to be there, see our making the makeover riders, and just a lot of first for these horses too and our horses had some firsts and lots of good things and speaking of firsts for horses even one of our listeners and hrn auditor lynn popa she had a first fox hunting outing with her standard bread that she got last year and in her words she thinks she has found his new calling so super excited for them to have a great weekend um just great to see these horses finding their second, sometimes third, fourth career. And I love that we get to share those stories. But with that, we should probably close the show out. Sure can. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at horseradionetwork.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. We have a lot of fun. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. You can find me on Instagram, riding cows and who knows what all else at The Horseback Rider and on Twitter at Kristen Kovach. My email is kbentley at the rrp.org. You can find me on Instagram at misfitmare. It's mostly horses and food. So if you like that, you should give me a follow. And my email is joy at firstradionetwork.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company, and to our partners, New Vocations Adoption Program and the Retired Resource Project. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And always add more leg. Bye, guys. Bye.